0: That's incredible. (laughs) I kind of feel like I need that as a text alert.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm Caitlin Argeros, your host, and I am joined as always by my co-co-host, Mike Salvato. Hi, I'm
2: Mike, Mike on the boards.
1: And we are also joined by one of our very excellent review editors on the site, Alana Hags.
0: Hey everyone, Alana here, Diving Falcons on the boards, and it's really good to be here.
1: We are super happy to have you. I've been looking forward to chatting with you since we both started playing Xenogears for Retro Encounters. So, uh, and I'm happy that we get to do this first before Retro Encounter, just, just so you and everyone knows. We, we got her first, people.
0: Yeah, we did. I have been on Retro before as well, but yeah, we will keep the Xenogears stuff to ourselves for now. We'll try to.
1: Yeah, it's hard, but
0: I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back for the show. Yeah. Try
1: (laughs) So we're going to get right into things uh, today. We don't have any recent tracks. Um, We just want to talk about our main theme, which is an awesome theme, because they're all awesome. But this one, I think, is especially awesome. We have a lot of good picks to share. We are doing uh, another episode of World Map Music with a side helping of field themes. Um, The show had a World Map theme way back when but this was before mike and i were even on the show and it's been forever and there's so much to pick from when you're talking about world map and field music so we're giving you more of that enjoy and let's see the way we we worked things the way we're working things now i guess i should say is that we we ask uh our colleagues on the site what themes they're interested in and they tell us and once we're ready, we do an episode. And Alana, you uh, expressed interest in this theme. Can you tell us a little bit about what interested you about world map and field music?
0: Um, well, uh, world maps, I suppose, are like the mainstay of my childhood of RPGs. So I'm so, they're so ingrained in the RPG kind of culture that I grew up with. And the evolution of them has really interested me. So like the way that we've shifted towards fields and um, Overworlds more than anything else, other than like big maps with giant characters and tiny little towns, to actual characters walking around in real areas. And the music's kind of evolved with that as well. And it's just a nice place to start, I think, for me and for the new direction that Rhythm Encounter is going in. So that's why. That
1: was an excellent answer, I have to say.
0: <laughs> I tried.
1: You did very well. Well, let's get right into it with our first block. Um, and I, I, I used a little bit of my, my MC power here and made my track the first one because, for a reason, I think it starts out really nicely and it's a good way to start the block and the show. Um, you, everyone knows I'm a huge Final Fantasy XII fan, so I picked something that is originally from twelve. but this is a cool little remix of Giza Plains by a japanese uh fan group called magical trick society they released an album called over the sky which is a little ep i guess you would say of arrangements from 12 and that's what i picked first love it and then mike you had our next pick
2: magical trick society is such a great name isn't it but you said you don't think they're around anymore because that's kind of too bad
1: As far as I can tell, they haven't released anything in like four or five years. So, Um, which is, that's kind of sad because the album is really good and I would love to hear more of their stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, All right. So, for me, even though I haven't played it and I keep getting reminded off air that I need to play it, uh, I picked The Cold Morning Star Passes from Tales of Vesperia. And then, need to play it. Yes. Yes. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yep. I wish it would come out on Steam or anything else, any modern... PS3, please! Yes, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, and then Alana has our third pick in this block.
0: Yeah, so this is um, my only world map theme that I've picked. Um, it's This has really been underrepresented on Rhythm Encounter, I felt. So I thought, I've got to bring some good non-Final Fantasy Uematsu to the board. And so I brought Neverending Journey from Lost Odyssey, which is a really good game that both of you should play.
1: Yes. This is the block of games that people should
0: play. <laughs> I've played 12, so. And Vesperia. <laughs> I'm okay. I've played all of them. Ah,
1: so Mike and I. Mike, we got to work on our, our games. Yes,
2: we do. Yeah,
1: you do. Well, let's work on those games while we listen to Giza Plains from Over the Sky, The Cold Morning Star Passes from Tales of Vesperia, and Neverending Journey from Lost Odyssey. Uh, so I I can't remember the life of me where I found this album anymore. It's been so long. Uh, it may have been that I heard this various track and then wanted to listen to the rest of it, but it's a great little album with different sort of remixes of various tracks. There's some, like, um, lo-fi retro remixes of, uh, like, Rabinaster and Dalmasca and whatnot. So it's a great little album. Um... And this track, I mean, Giza Plains is one of my favorite uh, pieces from the original soundtrack. I loved how it starts off sort of as adventurous music, but then it moves into a sort of uh, battle danger zone and it goes back and forth. It was an interesting way to sort of have music play that has to function both as an exploratory theme for when you're just running around, but also work in battle because you don't have separate screens that you load into in 12. It's all on the field. And this remix was really cool. It's so happy sounding at the beginning with the piano sort of taking over the the original uh, sort of chime or or woodwind uh, sense from the original and the melody I think, as far as I can tell, is original. It doesn't sound like anything from the original track, but it's super pretty. I love the harmony uh, between the woodwind and the strings. It almost kind of makes me think of a ballerina doing pirouettes—the way it dances around and kind of relaxes for a few seconds and then speeds back up again. So, it's this really cool little original piece that they got in there, and then. The serious side comes in um, like around two and a half minutes and you have that sort of bombasticness and when that sort of relaxes uh, towards the middle or the end of the track, I love when the woodwind and strings come back in and they're just dancing around each other super pretty it's just it's a great remix of a great track from a great game that i am super happy that we're finally getting an hd yes thank you square thank you
2: are you going to be okay
1: uh i mean i am now um at first yeah i think i probably just you know died on the floor from sheer happiness now you know now i'm just excited and i want it i
0: want it now I mean, yeah, you might have to take time out to recover, but imagine, oh, I can't wait.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's long overdue.
1: And it's the Zo- and being the Zodiac job system too, which is going to be kind of almost like playing a new
2: game. True, true. Yeah.
1: But that's maybe a topic for another, another show, maybe another podcast. Which I, um, I'll be on. Mark my words.
2: <laughs> oh, so <laughs> you're, not, you're sure you're not going to turn this show into a Final Fantasy Twelve show?
1: I mean, I, you're I, I could. You're the host. I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I try to, to think about our listeners and how they may not all be fans of Twelve. I mean, no one's perfect. Sorry, guys. But I try to think about you.
2: Well, you know how I feel about Twelve. Um,
1: you, you love it. You think it's awesome. It's the best Final Fantasy. After <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: a-
0: fourteen.
2: This is uh, no, no. That's, You're in a difficult no,
0: situation. <laughs>
2: no, that's six. That's six. Uh, actually, six is above fourteen. But we're way off topic now. I like this uh this song a lot. It's very airy. Airy was the first word I thought of. Cause uh, I I compared it to the you know regular in game version too. And I'm, I'm glad you reminded me about the battle theme because I, I was trying to figure out why that little middle section was in there, but I wasn't thinking about how they use it in the game. So it does have to blend from like field theme to battle theme and back again. So I like that they kept, they did that in this version too. But it's a very, I don't know, it's, it's very happy and light and yeah, just a fun listen.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, what I like about it is, I think, to go with airy, whimsical, and it's quite sweet. Like, in the original, I feel like there's a really good balance between the really nice, airy, kind of happy music, and then there's the battle darker music, which kind of um, highlights the Kind of danger of the outside world. I think it's one of the first areas you get to after leaving Rabanasta with, and Van and Penela were together. So it's kind of their first like expedition outside with them. So it's quite like, oh, we're going on an adventure, but actually it could be quite dangerous. But this one is a lot more light-hearted, and I do really like the really strong, um, like the really strong uh, middle bit that that two and a half mark when. The mood just sort of emphasizes how the dread of the outside, but the flutes and the piano—they're really quite cute and carefree. I feel like I could kind of skip to it, if if you wanted to skip to anything. I mean, you could skip to it in the Giza Plains. I'd love to do that, but it's just—it's quite chirpy, and I really like it.
1: Mm, if I ever do a remix of Giza Plains, it's gonna—I'm gonna call it
0: "Skip to It" and "Skip to It in Giza." I love that (laughs) it's definitely very upbeat I do like it it's really fun
1: world needs more remixes of Elvis 12 music and Sakimoto in general too so
0: yeah Sakimoto is so
1: underrated I agree so Mike yes tell us tell us about what attracted you to this uh, this world map music from Vesperia because you've uh, You know, we've already established you've never played it, but I always find that interesting when people pick music from games they've never played, because there must have been something really strong about that piece to to like catch your interest.
2: No, I basically just wrote a bunch of song names on post-it notes and threw darts until I hit one.
0: Mm. (laughs) Uh,
2: No, (laughs) your
0: dart was good.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, no, I just I was actually listening to a lot of. uh, we almost had a Zelda song in here because I was just going through my own library, and uh, but I really wanted you know do something different for once because I you know I think we all lean towards certain things a lot, and I'm not talking about you and Final Fantasy 12, but you
1: know I was. Oh, trying- I'm, I'm, I I fully admit that I I rely on 12 and Zeno music a lot, probably too much. <laughs> I, that's 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 why I try as much as I can to not pick from it and if I do I try to pick remixes you know
2: new music true true yeah I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people haven't heard that one yet but uh, anyway no so I was just listening to a bunch of random battle music and came across this one I um, it reminds me of some uh, older RPGs I, I can't think of any like more current ones that do this but I feel like there was a, a lot of games a while ago that would like after a certain story event or something in the game like you have the world map theme like switch to something else i don't know if that's the case with this one yes is it okay. yeah it is. all right yeah because um like secret of mana did that breath of fire 2 did that um two other things i almost picked but um like the, they have really good original map themes but i like later on and i don't re- remember the events or anything but um you know, usually after that happens, there's this really, like, uh, more dramatic, or... I wrote down this one feels like it has a sense of purpose. So I imagine something, some big something happened.
0: But, yeah. Okay. Purpose so,
1: Tales games, the ones that have overworlds, um, they usually have three themes, uh, one for each uh, chunk of the, the story. There's usually, there's usually like at least two or three major arcs in the games, and every time something big happens, uh, the world map and the battle music changes. So this is the second world map theme, and you're, you're right, it does have purpose, because this is a point in which the characters have learned something about one of their own, something mysterious, something dangerous, they're not quite sure what it means or why, what Stuff that's happening is happening, and they they shift their their goal a little bit to sort of figure out what that is and what's going on and if they can can stop it. And that's sort of I, I wrote down too that there's there's uh, uh, we, we have stuff to do. There's there's much more mm-hmm. of a purpose and a, and a, a goal sort of you can f- hear in the music here. They which, the first world map theme um, is. Much more of a sweet. Oh, we're on an adventure. Let's let's go on an adventure. Kind of uh, music, and this is much more serious to sort of accompany that that shift in the tone of the game.
2: Yeah. I always we've had that a few times, and uh, I like when that can happen with uh, RPG music because I had a feeling that's what it was just based on the sound of it. Like I don't know the context at all until you explained it, but I think it's pretty interesting that you can pick up that kind of stuff, just hearing the music.
0: This means it's good. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I wrote down purpose as well, which is a good word to describe it. I also wrote down empowering because it's also, it's, I think it comes around about the time that Bravest Vesperia is starting to form, and the title of the mu- of the track is Morning Star, and Vesper- Bravest Vesperia is to do with I think it's a night star a star in the night sky or something yeah but it's very much something i associate with brave Vesperia, with yuri and carol um but it's very empowering and i it's very there's a bit in the middle that's quite calming and it's kind of the respite moment where it's like we've got to think how we're going to do this and then when the bells pick up and the really heavy drumming picks up you know that they're on that path and you know that they know what they're doing and you know they're going to try and solve the problem that's a great
1: interpretation i actually i never made that connection with the title even though i should have <laughs> but that's great yeah i i um my favorite i love the the uh, the introduction for this track with the uh, the brass and how it's sort of it's, yeah. It starts off and it feels like it's, it's, um, it's not quite complete a little bit. It's a little unresolved, and then the key shifts and crescendos into the main theme. And I also love with that, that first hit of the main theme how you can sort of hear it echoed a little bit. It repeats a little bit softer uh, behind the 1st uh, the first couple of chords. I always love that part. It, it's hard to explain, I guess, without me
0: humming it at you, which I won't do. That so. Ah. <laughs> yeah. No, the beginning bit's my favorite bit, just with the bells. I like that bit. Well, the end. <laughs> I was gonna say the
1: theme song is "Ring of Bell." So.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah.
0: I will pretend I intended to do that pun. Yes.
1: You did, okay. and it was an awesome pun. I approve. I'm I, I approve of good puns.
2: Good. You approve of all puns, though, to be fair. Even bad. Well, ones.
1: yes, but I especially <laughs> approve of good ones. Is it is a good pun good because it's good or because it's especially bad?
0: Because it's bad. Good wordplay is all you need. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's a bad joke. I knew I liked you for a reason. I knew it. <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah, apparently British people are good at puns. I'm not very good at them. Although, apparently I'm better than I thought.
2: Well, you are, you've already done one, we're only in the first block. Uh, yeah. First block.
0: I know. Surprise myself. Well, so, uh,
1: since we're in that first block, you want to tell us a little bit about your pick from Lost Odyssey?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, so, Lost Odyssey has... A very a slightly different world map from the two. So you've had that we've had the overworld kind of transitionary parts for Twelve and the overworld for Vesperia. Lost Odyssey's map is more just a standard select area map on like a screen, and this music plays in the background. But the this is really, really, really good. I like how the guitars and the pipes work together to make it feel like a really old kind of folklore story and I think I wrote down that it feels like I'm sitting down and I'm gonna tell people a story around a campfire and I like that because Lost Odyssey for me is quite a lot about stories and words and interpretation because there are sections in the game where the main character, Kaim, Well, Kaim is immortal, and so are four of the other main characters. Kaim has amnesia, and throughout the game, he picks up these little fragments of memories, and they come through the game through like story-based text, so you have to read them. And I feel like Lost Odyssey feels a bit like an old story that you're telling to somebody. Like these are these great immortal people who went across and saved the world or did this and everything, but. I really, really love. About a minute in, the guitars and the flutes really pick up and they layer together and they really merge to create this really, really epic feel. And it's a really good way of just bringing in the kind of themes that Lost Odyssey has. And also then, like with the Giza planes, there's a really sudden shift. So this last third of the track, there's some really heavy, we were saying like, Black Mage inspired kind of guitars come in. So, like, this isn't typical Uematsu. It's quite different to a lot of the typical Final Fantasy stuff. But the guitars are very Black Mages, and it reinforces kind of the power of the immortal characters. The immortal characters can't die in battle. So, when they get. when they lose all their health, they pass out for a few rounds and then are brought back to life automatically you can still lose if all of them die and then all your mortal characters die but the kind of power of the track as well as the oldness is really great in emphasizing the kind of roles of the characters and everything and the importance of the journey i think yeah i loved that 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 rock that that came in
1: uh i wasn't expecting it Um, but it was, it worked really well. Uh, I was actually surprised because the first chunk of the track has this almost, to me, kind of felt kind of tribal. Um, I I actually, I wrote down, uh, it reminded me a lot of um, Kingdom of of Ixataka from Skies of Arcadia.
0: (gasps) Yeah, it really does. I didn't associate it with that. I was thinking more like Western as well. I think it's quite good. It kind of sounds a little bit like one of our later tracks, I think.
1: Yes. Yes, uh, one of Mike's picks, I think, uh, reminded me a lot of
0: it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> Did you like the guitar shift then? Because I think the first time I listened to it, I was really jarred. I was like, oh, I, was like, I quite like the acoustics. But then I think after a few listens over the years, I've just sort of gone, do you know why it really works? Yeah,
1: at first I was kind of like, whoa, who brought the guitar to this? Whoa. But then, the more I listened to it, the more it was like, "This is actually pretty cool. Like, this is a cool way to sort of crescendo the theme and and cap it off a little bit, and and make it sound a little unique. You know, it's not just uh, guitars and and flutes and and that sort of you know tribal or Western sound. Hell, no. This is kind of emerging." A, a of different genres of music. So that was a really, and the the entire soundtrack kind of is like that. There's all these different sort of, you'll have uh, sections where you'll have um, orchestra or or, strings, but then you'll have the rock come in. And then there's even retro music sort of, you know, reminiscent of older 16-bit era music. So I liked it. It It was very good. I actually,
0: this track makes me want to play the game. Good, you should. I think it's like Uematsu throwing kind of everything he's learned over the years and it, it create something really different. Like, if you didn't know Uematsu had composed it, I don't think you'd be able to tell. No, I don't think so. Well,
1: especially if if what you're familiar with, with Uematsu is his work in Final Fantasy. This doesn't sound anything like he's composed for Final Fantasy.
2: No, definitely not. Um, I'm I'm guessing I have to listen to it a few more times then because I feel I still feel the way you guys used to about the guitar. Like, I like the guitar, although I don't really want it here. But I'll listen to it some more before I like say that for sure. Because the rest of the song, I I really really like it. That that flute and the other guitar, the acoustic guitar, whatever. Um, really really nice. I think I think the The rock stuff just threw me a little bit, like I wasn't ready for it. And I kind of, I'd want to hear that in its own song. I just, I guess I didn't, wasn't sure I wanted it in here, but, uh, that's okay. Cause the rest of it's so good. I just want more flute, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll get more flute. We have some more flute coming up in uh, our next block, I
0: believe. Speaking of our next block uh, Alana, I think you had our first pick. I do. I don't have any flute in this one, though. So sorry.
2: <laughs> well, not everything has to be a flute. I just meant in that song I wanted more flute.
1: Gotta have more cowbell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so my first pick for Second Wave is, um, so there's quite a big, variety of drugs that I could have picked from this game and I just decided to pick probably the most miserable one and it's three of memories from Persona 3 and from that it is Caitlin. Yes and
1: I picked uh, Urban Noise from Parasite Eve uh, showing a little Shimomura love from one of my favorite games that she's composed for. And then Mike you had the last pick in the block.
2: Yeah I picked um uh- Sea of Sand, Chalistera, from Atelier Chalet. And it's one of the... Well, I haven't played the game enough to know if there's more, but it's at least one of the world map themes. There could be more. Ooh, I like the suspense. Yes.
1: All right. Well, then let's take a listen to Street of Memories from Persona 3, Urban Noise from Parasite Eve, and Sea of Sand, Chalistera from... Atelier, they change the pronunciation every time. Shelly.
0: pick Street of Memories over the other map themes because in Persona 3 there are there's two map themes. There is I forget the name of it now um, there is a much more positive one and then there's this one, Street of Memories which comes up right after a really specific certain event in December if you pick the right option but I won't go into that because these two haven't finished Persona 3 and I don't want to spoil it for them.
2: I'm so bad Sorry, Sorry.
1: <laughs> this, is, this has been the 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 episode of games that we haven't finished and we're sorry because of it.
2: Yeah. Unintentional shaming. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's our title.
0: Oh. Um. <laughs> right. Um so yeah, the I'll have to try and skirt around the spoilers, but I've wrote down that it's quite similar to Vesperius track I thought. I think initially I thought Vesperius was quite um daunting um but this one is very much a much slower different tone it's very much the kind of beyond the do stuff thing and more the what can we do thing so you're posed with a situation where with all this is not a spoiler with all RPGs the end of the world is nigh but the way it's panned out in Persona 3 is that it's very much cultish. So there's posters on the wall. The apathy syndrome's gotten out of hand. And all the characters that you talk to are fearful. Um, and a lot of the social links change after that point as well. So when you carry on social linking, all the characters are very anxious. And are just like, if things happen, if the world ends or something, then what are we going to do? But anyway, on to the actual content of the music I love the piano the piano was my favorite thing about this track I love how it fades in and it plays the same keys over and over again and I I mean if it's not noticed it's the slowed down version of Memories of You the ending theme of the game mm-hmm. so when you know that it kind of changes like the meaning of it a little bit like it's obviously quite important But it turns it, because I remember the name of the track now. It's where, um, when the moonlight hits the sky or something like that, the first map theme, um, that one's quite upbeat. Slice of life, there's vocals in it. It's very much, this is your school simulator side of Persona. Whereas this side is the actual end-of-the-world RPG, kind of, we must save the world. Very depressing, very sad, very slow. I always feel really uncomfortable when I look at it, listen to it even, Um, and it just makes me feel very sombre, because I just kind of feel a little bit hopeless when I listen to it. But I do tend to listen to it when it's really grey outside. It's like, oh, I'm going to wander through the streets, and if it's really grey, I put this on, and I'm like, maybe I should be worried. (laughs) But it's, it's a good song. It's very, probably the saddest pick that I've got.
1: I think it's a good pick for for a cloudy or a rainy day because, um, yeah, it, it it starts off super sad and it's kind of like oh, I don't feel good. What's going on here? But I also I adore the piano as well, and I love when it comes in because it sort of it gives me the feeling a little bit of the sun peeking out from behind the clouds, sort of coming out after a really dreary day, a little bit of hope, a little bit of, you know, brightening your day a little bit, and that's something that I actually think that um, Meguro is really good at doing with music, or the sense I get from a lot of music in Persona, uh, both Persona 3 and Persona 4, is there are these pieces that sound sort of like... The rain is going away, the clouds are fading, and the sun's coming out, and it's all going to be okay, don't worry. And there's a little bit of that mixed in with this track, along with the sort of more depressing side of it. And that's what I think is really cool about this. And I, I think it probably works better based on your description than the equivalent track in Persona 4, which is just all... Dreary and there's, there's it's more um, atmospheric than musical necessarily. So I very much like this pick.
0: I like that analogy about the song sun. I like that. That's good. I try. I don't
1: always succeed with my my analogies and my um, this music made me think made me feel like this kind of stuff. But sometimes I don't know.
0: No, that's good. I like that, definitely. I think with this, the kids are the kind of only hope. So the piano is kind of them.
2: Wow, that's got really deep. Um, it's, it, you know, it's funny. I don't... I think part of it is kind of sad, but especially the piano. I didn't... I don't know. I don't feel so depressed listening to it. Although, maybe if I knew the context, I would. Uh, no, I think it's kind of a... Because of the piano, especially, it's kind of a laid-back. I don't know. It's it's kind of. I don't want to say jazzy, but I kind of want to say jazzy.
0: You could say jazzy. I think it's jazzy a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it is quite laid-back. It's not like panic, like end of the world. It's more like resigned end of the world, I guess.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I really need to hear it in game, but uh, no, I, it's uh, it's really interesting especially when you describe the setting it's in that I imagine it's really good for setting the mood But uh, until I hear that until I like mentally connect it to the end of the world uh, right now I'm just gonna I feel like I want to listen to this while sitting in a cafe or something
1: I think you, you could listen to all of uh, all of Persona yeah. music it would be good music for sitting in a cafe Probably. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm trying to think of a good segue here to my pick. I'm not sure. Um, you could listen to, to parasite music in a cafe, too, but you might start wondering, is that is that ooze coming out of that person's donut? Is that, is that a cream-filled ooze, or is that <laughs> mitochondria trying to come kill me? I... That's the best I can do. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well, we all have bad days. Yeah. Um. So,
1: um, urban noise is the the map music uh, from Parasite Eve when you're kind of flying around uh, this really cute little um, version of New York City and going, looking at all the different places you can go. Some of which are uh, major attractions like Central Park or the Museum of Natural History. Um, and it's, it's I mean, it's adorable because I think for a PS1 game, obviously, but it's also intended to sort of be kind of a uh, reduce. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like meant to be a model. It's like, it's yeah, It's like a little model city. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a model of New York City. But that, I've always really loved the way they presented that. They didn't have to make it look to scale even with the graphics limitations at the time they didn't have to you know have it be like a flat map it was cool that they gave you this little model city to fly around and the time of day would change based on where you were in the game very very cool and i love this piece i love um throughout the game uh, throughout the game soundtrack but especially with this piece i love the unconventional sounds that shimamori uses um there's I don't even know what it's supposed to be it reminds me of maybe like a steel pan uh, if you've ever heard or seen people play on the steel pan that sort of uh, metallic kind of uh, um, pinging noise that you've got at the beginning of the track it was really cool it kind of fits the modern setting very appropriate for, for New York for it being an urban uh, sprawling you know urban kind of setting and it's it's also I get a positive vibe. I mean, it's not like it's a super happy go lucky piece, but compared to some of the other pieces in the game that are sad and or or creepy or kind of a bit more minor sounding, this has a bit of an upbeat feel to it, which also works for, you know, being in Manhattan, being in a very active modern city.
2: Yeah, it's it's got a very. Uh, I wrote down gritty. Mm-hmm. It's got this. I, I never. It's. I'm, I'm going all over the place now, but I never thought of the map in that game as cute until you described it that way. But now I'm going to think of that whenever I look at it. It's this cute <laughs> little baby New York. Uh, but no. Uh, yeah, the gritty sound of this I think works really well because I. I know it's on the world map, but I always think of uh, of them like in the car, like rushing to go do this or rushing to go do that, Or, but I think it really works with the setting well. The only thing I'm I'm missing is in my head whenever I hear this or when I play the game, you always hear like helicopters and stuff. I almost wish the yeah. helicopters were in the soundtrack because I, I kind of miss those for some reason because it works really well with the sound.
0: Yeah. I love that. I imagined them. I think I pretended that they were there and it worked.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll try that.
0: <laughs> um, I thought, I think another word to go with gritty is grungy. I like quite, mm. it felt like a 90s cop film. Like a kind of really grungy, almost neo-noir kind of feel, I thought. Like yeah. I really like how, like you said, Shimamura is like, this is a really really diverse track like it uses so many different instruments and it just really creates this kind of like busy bustly kind of grungy dirty New York City that Parasite Eve is in and it's a strange track and it makes me feel a little bit like I'm a little bit alien kind of so like I'm a human in this city where people are exploding and turning into like mitochondria but like The alien circumstances are captured really well, but I also feel like it's very apt for the kind of cinematic police kind of setting that it's in, and I also didn't think that the world map was cute until now, so I'm just going to imagine it sitting in the front desk of the police station, and they're like, right, we're going to go here, and then they go there with that music. Imagine that
1: you are hanging out with Doc Brown, you know, Doc from from Back to the Future, (laughs) and... He's coming up with some sort of plan, and you're in New York City. I don't know why you're in New York City, but you're there. And he's made a model of New York City and the Lorians somewhere. I don't know. And you have to, like, drive around Central Park and go to the to Natural History and maybe check out the um, the Chrysler Building. Oh, God, the Chrysler Building. Oh. While you're there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Are you going to say the line?
1: Uh, which there are several great Scott.
2: No, I thought you were setting all that up <laughs> to, to do the, you know, I apologize for the crudity of this model. is not to scale.
1: Oh yes.
2: Oh, oh. Mm-hmm.
1: crap. What? I mean, I can go back and we can edit this and, and throw that in there. But... Nope.
2: Nope. Not editing. No. Nope. Don't D- don't swear. Cause this is all staying in.
1: Ah, oh, this is heavy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I like, I like the idea now of the, uh, of the characters going into the like lobby of the police station and that's actually literally how they travel they like <laughs> they like move around like they're on a board game or something and, like okay we're gonna go here so they move a little little marker over here and everyone else
1: just staring them like what are you guys doing
2: i know boy i wish we could do that in real life if i want to go to starbucks i just move my little character piece over here and then i'm there that'd be great yeah like, really handy
1: um, well, I'm sure Handy is not a way to describe your pick from, I'm not going to say it because I'm probably going to say it wrong, that game.
2: Well, no, I think we're all saying it right. I, I'm I'm thinking the recent games that have uh, decided to pronounce it as Atelier, um, maybe not so correct. At least in everything I've looked at, but uh, I have a kind of a sad history with these games because I keep trying to play them I uh I started playing Rorona on PS3 a couple years ago but that game is it's everything is like on a timer like you have to do this job and you have to do it by here and it was kind of it felt like work <laughs> a little bit stressful uh, Derek <laughs> Derek's played like all of them he said the same thing he's like don't, don't play that one it's going to feel like work to you yeah so I started playing Aisha, and I like Aisha, until my PS3 died and I lost my save. So I pretty Aww. much gave up on that. So now I'm playing through Shally. Like, I, one of these days I'm going to finish one of these games. Uh, so I'm, I'm liking Shally a lot, even though it's a few games back and I'm still behind, but... Um, the point is, this is a, I really like this map theme. It's similar to Aisha, and I'm guessing the one in between. Since they do the games, at least these days, they kind of do them in sets of three. So, like, it's three games in the same world, and sometimes there's crossover with the characters. And Shally is the third game, like the last one in this trilogy. And the story, at least at the beginning, what they set up is that, you know, over the course of those three games, like, the world is like, the water's kind of like going away. So the world just gets drier and drier. So, by the time you get to Shally, um, you know there's like areas that used to be oceans and seas and now it's all just sand so all the seas are made of sand and um, water is like is like a scarce commodity and since the games are all about crafting like they actually kind of follow through there too because you can go into a store and buy materials and compared to the last couple games the most expensive thing you can buy in the regular stores is just plain water
1: mm.
2: so um, oh wow yeah yeah it's kind of interesting you can get dirty water and that's cheaper but like clean water, <laughs> clean water costs more
0: you can't make good stuff with dirty water
2: well it depends on what you're making like if you're not making something that you're going to eat then i don't mind using like the dirty water or the filthy water all the different waters you can get
1: how many uh, different ways can you say dirty water
2: <laughs> uh I for- no there, there actually is several there's like regular water there's spring water. I think there's like dirty and contaminated water and a few other ones, and putrid water. Yeah, the contaminated (laughs) water looks like a jug of oil or something.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. Give me some of that. Right. Mm. That's gonna hit the spot. (sighs) Yeah.
2: Anyway, so obviously, the really the tone of the game should be kind of sad because it's, uh, you know, there's no water, or there is, but not enough for everyone. No one knows what to do about it. But then you have shally and and shally because there's two shallies which isn't confusing at all uh, oh really yeah yeah like there's shallistera and oh my gosh what's the other one and
0: something, shally else. Two.
2: something else like they both have long <laughs> they both have longer names and they're both from different towns but for short, everyone calls them shally and uh i'm like several hours in and they still haven't met so of course there's just constant conversations like you hear someone mention Shally and she's like, are you talking about me? and they're like, no so they need to meet already because I'm kind of getting tired of that <laughs> uh, but the point is, while the setting the world is kind of like a sad, like uncertain future kind of place the, both of the Shally's are really like upbeat and still hopeful especially like Chalistera. Uh but I, I think um and maybe just because I've played the game, but I feel like that comes through in the song. Like, I think part, some of the instruments in the song kind of sound a little bit like sad and kind of like, you know, sad. <laughs> I have no other word for that, apparently. Um, but then that's the, sad. The, yeah, I know. It is sad. <laughs> but then the flutes and some other stuff, there's still like this air of hopefulness to it. So I think it's really interesting because they're like very like opposing you know, ideas, but I think they kind of both are represented here.
1: Yeah, it's got a, a peaceful vibe to it, is what I kind of wrote down. It feels like something you might hear in a, 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 a country village or something like that. Um, and it sounds actually, I'm sure this was unintentional on your part, but it sounds very similar to Alana's pick from Lost Odyssey like similar instruments and sort of style the but but without the rock guitar so so that's good for you
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I um what did I write down for this I wrote down you say sad actually I kind of it was a calming sad so it's not like a down sad it's more of a like Empty, I suppose. Like, you get an aridness from the music. So, like, with a lot of Arabian music that you get in RPGs. So, I'm thinking of... I'm doing Skies of Arcadia again. And, of course, I am. Why wouldn't I be? NASA. Um, it always feels very bustling. Very much like market towns business. There's always people. Whereas this, it's very much more relaxed and kind of empty so the fact that there isn't any water around, which now that you say it, it kind of I understand why the music is as it is. is really good. I don't find the Atelier games that stressful, and the music kind of helps me with that. Like these kind, the kind of tracks from the Atelier, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong so many times. The Atelier games are really relaxing and the music is something that I could quite easily go to sleep to like I can imagine sitting outside an oasis listening to this and just drifting off and also I wrote familiar like I feel like the Atelier games have really familiar sounding tracks so like they're all quite similar I feel but not in a bad way like I like the kind of light and happy feel that they give me and I tell you what, if you do want good Atelier games, then the first ones on the PlayStation 2 are good. They don't have time limits, and they're worth playing. And I did nearly pick a track from Eternal Manor. Okay. They're really good. They're a lot more RPG than crafty, though, so maybe that's why I prefer them. But this, I found this quite comforting, this track overall, I
2: think. I I think the uh, familiarity is a good one. I don't know how much of it carries across the different series. I know um, if you listen to like the Aisha uh, world map, it's probably pretty similar to this. I think they use some similar instrumentation, um, like within the each little tri- mini trilogy. So I think that's a that's a good point too.
1: Uh, well, with that, I think we can move into our third block. Uh, in which, Mike, you're kind of back-to-back here, I did this unintentionally
2: somehow, but
1: <laughs> you got the first pick.
2: Oh, yeah, we did that twice, huh? Alana <laughs> had two back-to-back ones between blocks, and now I did. That's uh good. Yeah, it's actually interesting. Uh, I don't think anyone on the boards will see it, because like, just a couple days ago, someone commented that we should have more Lunar songs on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, by the time they hear this, I don't think they'll appreciate it, but like it it was pretty good timing cuz I was pretty much deciding to use this one even before that, but uh anyway, uh, my my pick in this block is Toward the Horizon, which is the second World Map team from the first Lunar game, the PlayStation version. And the then, version that
1: a lot of us probably played.
2: Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I did anyway. So yeah,
2: I didn't play the originals, but I played both of them on PlayStation. And then and then K- I
1: have yeah, I have the next pick. I picked um, Around the Wilderness from Star Ocean Three, aka Star Ocean Till the End of Time, because they all have to have long names. And then Alana, you have the final pick of the final block.
0: Ooh, I have, and I ma- I managed to nab this off you quite nicely. I was gonna I was nearly gonna pick this as well, Around of the Wilderness, but I managed to get uh Xenoblade. I got Field of the Macine, which is very different from most of the other tracks in the game. Mm-hmm. That that game has so many good overworld themes, but this one took the cake. So Yes here we go. I was
1: very happy to let you have that one, so
0: <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's a good track.
1: It is. All right, well, let's take a listen to Toward the Horizon from Lunar, so Silver Star Story Complete, Around in the Wilderness from Star Ocean Till the End of Time, and Field of the Machinae from Xenoblade. <laughs>
2: So I, I like this song. It's um, I didn't really realize it till I listened to it now, like you know, years after, many years after I first heard it. But uh, I like that it uses the main uh, like vocal theme of the game, in the map theme. It's uh somehow we've managed to not talk about Final Fantasy 14 until just now, but of course I'm going to bring it up. But you know when we talk about the Heavensward soundtrack that's one of the things I think that we all feel pretty good about and what we like about it is that it uses the main themes and like different po- points in the game and uh I think that's one of the reasons I like this one a lot in Lunar because it brings in the main theme to the map
1: and it's a great main theme too for Lunar oh. that
2: opening song Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. so I don't remember uh, man when did, when did this come out but it's, this is another one of those things where there's some story event that happens and that's when this song starts playing. So I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's a big moment. And since not everyone here has played it, I, even if I did remember, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> Good. Yes. Safe. then. Yes. Good. I'm glad we finally found a game that Alana hadn't played. So now I don't feel oh. quite as bad about all the other <laughs> things I haven't finished in this show.
0: Yeah, it just happens to be the game that the very website like was birthed out of, basically.
2: Yeah, but, series, at least. But you have a good excuse, because you live in a country that, until recently, uh, you didn't get a whole lot of RPGs, like Lunar.
0: That's true. Yeah. But, I like this track. That's a good start. It's upbeat. I didn't realise it was the main theme. I will have to go and check that out afterwards. Um, But, I like how I think it does what a few tracks have done, in that it utilizes so many different types of music and so many different types, like layers and so many different, like paces as well. So, some parts of the track are really, really fast, and some parts are really slow. And I like how there's this, like, twice in the track, there's this big flourish as the music crescendos up, and then it goes into some really soft. I really, again, this is another track where the piano is like, oh, it's so good. And I really like those bits because they're really soothing. And I wrote down fantastical. So I don't know much about Luna, but this kind of feels very magical and fantasy and fantastical for me.
2: No, that seems pretty appropriate, yeah.
0: Yeah, um,
1: well, one thing, the one I wrote is that it's catchy. Uh, the opening especially is super catchy. I love that that opening And um, after I wrote that, I was like, you know what, that's actually a good way to describe the entire soundtrack. Um, Or what I remember from, like, the the PS1 version, of course, came with all these little goodies, and one of those was a a great little soundtrack CD with selections from the game and sort of remastered uh, music. And it's all super catchy and fun to sort of hum along with. It's not necessarily, like... The music that I uh, that I find myself humming, you know, in my day to day. But when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that music. That was a lot of fun, and that's this track too. I think is just a lot of fun from start to finish.
0: Yeah. I like yeah. I like you reminded me actually when having not played it, I listened to it. But it's the rhythm of the track makes me. Like I can visually imagine the characters walking across the map in time with the music. I really like the rhythm of it. Oh, I actually wrote down as well that the baseline feels very 90s to me. It's very 90s RPG baseline. Yes. Like it's yeah. so good. It's, of course, it's Iwodare. Why would I not like this? <laughs> exactly. It's too good. Yeah.
1: It's almost like you're adventuring... Out in the wilderness. Yeah. One could say that you're around in the. Mm.
2: Isn't Out That's in right. the Wilderness the wild arms theme? Or no? Is it? No. What is that? Never mind.
0: I don't remember.
2: It's something wilderness I forgot.
0: We're in this wilderness, though. We're on Eliquor's wilderness. Yes.
1: Yes. So, um, been wanting to get Star Ocean 3 music in here because uh, it's my favorite out of the Star Ocean games, and um, we we haven't had as much representation of Sakuraba uh, in general and Star Ocean in particular, so I was kind of like, gotta rectify that. And this is, um, it's an interesting little field theme. Um, I forget if it plays later in the game, but it plays for sure... Sort of the beginning, near the beginning of the game, you've met some of the major characters, and one of them goes off on probably a stupid rescue mission, a suicidal rescue mission, and the other characters go to rescue her. And there are a couple of fields that you explore as you're getting to the place where uh, the the rescue is going to take place, and they're not they're not super exciting or even really all that. Uh, pretty looking, they're all kind of brown and, and nondescript, but the music is cool. It's this, it's got this, you know, it's got a little rock into it, there's a bit of an exotic sound to it with some of the, the synths that are being used, uh, some sort of guitar or, or sitar-like instrument that's being used there and um, there's some jazz at the end because it's Star Ocean and Sacramento loves to get his jazz out in Star Ocean uh, but it's still kind of Feels like it's not your typical Sakuraba field theme. There, there are other field themes um, later in the game, one of which I was thinking about uh, picking Bird's Eye View, uh, which is much more what you might expect to hear from Sakuraba uh, as far as like an adventure theme. But this one's always kind of stuck with me. Um, I just, I love, I love the beat to it, it's, it's always fun to explore with this theme, even if the areas aren't super pretty to look at.
0: It's funky. I like it.
2: That's the word. (laughs) I was like, there's a really good word for this. That's, That's what it is.
0: Yeah, it's very, yeah, like you said, Caitlin, it is really different from not only Sakuraba's kind of discography, but kind of all the rest of the other overworld themes. So, Bird's Eye View, you mentioned, I think... I can't remember if this comes on the Aquarius side or the Areglyph side, but I remember it's in a desert area, Yeah. specific area I remember. But I feel like, at least with all the Areglyph side, the overworlds are quite slow, and there's Chrysanthemum in the Winter, which was another one I was thinking of picking, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful and really lonely, but this one's a lot more funky, and I feel like it's more of a kind of expedition song, so you're in a mission to find some secrets on another planet or something like that. But it captures this kind of otherworldliness, so Elikor 2 is like a medieval-based planet and Fate and Cliff are from very much futuristic planets and it feels very um, otherworldly, but a little out of place not like not in a bad way i would say i think it's quite a good way it's almost like a clash of the future and the past on this planet and it's really a strange track but i've always really remembered it quite fondly because i just really like the funky guitar strings in the middle of this one it's really good
1: i think it's on the eric side i want to say because i don't think you've gotten to like the capital, the main city um, of Aquarius yeah. yet. And I'm um, pretty certain it's uh Aeroglyph it's like it's an Aeroglyph training facility or something like that you're going to to, to, to do to make the rescue happen.
0: Oh yes, no I remember what bit it's where you have to fight Albal. That's right. Or at least you see him for the first time. I, I think so yeah.
1: You're 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 going to rescue
0: Nell's subordinates, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it would be on the Eroglyph side. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's still it still sticks out as a really unique track. Definitely different from all the others. So I think Bird's Eye View is probably the closest otherwise, but that's more atypical of Sakuraba's stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's got um maybe it's just me. I think later in the song, maybe it's the synthy stuff. But I get kind of a fantasy a star online vibe, which I like too. Ooh, which I guess just means hey, it sounds like a sci-fi RPG, but uh,
1: it is a sci-fi RPG. It is, it is <laughs> yeah, like
2: it I played most of two, as I've talked about before on the show, until something happened. Um, I always wanted what I've played of Star Ocean to be more sci-fi, at least than two was, like because I just like that. I like the setting and like fantasy star and stuff, but three has more of that. So I, I think the song works there, with that sci-fi feeling, whatever that means. But
1: well, it's yeah, it's interesting. I see people talking about that with Three though too. That it's most of the game takes place on a backwater planet that's not as advanced as as some of the main, you know, some of where the characters are from. But it, I don't know. I feel like. That's kind of Star Ocean for me. I don't, I don't necessarily go to Star Ocean and expect uh, space travel. It's all, it's more about the juxtaposition of technology versus nature and the plant that you happen to be on. I, I,
2: I don't know how else to describe it, but no, that, that's pretty good. I like yeah, that. No. I like, I like three. Yeah. I forgot about Nell actually. I like Nell a lot. Nell
1: is. Best character in yeah, the game, yeah. as far as I'm no, concerned. It's
0: great. Yeah. Agreed.
2: I love yeah. her. I, I wish that She's... game hadn't annoyed me in not finishing it, but you know, up until that point, <sighs> I liked it a lot.
1: <laughs> I'm like captain of the star ocean three defense brigade. And well, I will, I... I'll talk, I'll talk your ear off about why I think the game is awesome and the plot twist is excellent. And, and yeah, but I won't do that here, but I can.
2: Well, I've told you my story about 3, right? You know, 2, my sad reason for quitting, of course, is because I died in some random battle unexpectedly and lost a bunch of time. Now, 3, three. I had the... I'm going to call it the tri problem because they like making things really obscure sometimes. like Like the method to get the proper ending in Valkyrie profile that human beings <laughs> will never figure out on their own. And then, oh, in, God, yeah. and then in Star Ocean 3 They had this thing where Not telling you, but by making certain choices You've pretty much committed yourself to This character over this character And you can never recruit certain other characters Ah, uh, yes so, okay. AKA
1: the uh, you-better-bought-a-strategy-guide Method of
2: RPGs Exactly, exactly yeah. So when I had already saved Mind you, and found out That I was stuck with the obnoxious little girl And, and I could never get the cool swordsman I said, you mm. know, yeah. I'm going to go do something else now <laughs> I was so sad yeah. about that
0: What was her name, Pepita? Pepita, Pepita. Yeah. yeah, I, 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 never, need... pick I yeah. never pick her I never pick her Always Al, I'm assuming, do you, who, do you mean Alville? Yeah the swordsman. Yeah. yeah, always Alville
2: Yeah, I don't remember what the Scene is, exactly what you do But it's not like it's Literally like, hey, do you want this person or that person Like something you choose like Commits you to this person, you don't realize what's going on until later so, yeah. anyway. Otherwise, besides that, I like the game.
0: Good. <laughs> it is a good game. It gets a lot of undue hate. But, I'm going to jump from that. Yes. And I'm going to jump. <laughs> I'm going to jump into, I think, I think Caitlin likes this track. I like oh. this track. Yes, I do. Good. Right. So, we're jumping slightly more, definitely a sci-fi series, but this is probably the least sci-fi in this series series verse, Xenoblade, uh, Field of the Macine. And this is probably my favourite track in the game, apart from maybe the Maconis battlefield battle song. So they both play at the same time, which is great. <laughs> anyway, um so I feel like after you've been on the Bionis for so long, and you've been through you don't go through the middle of the Bionis perhaps as much as you do the Maconis. But the difference is really startling and I think especially you spend most of the game looking at the outside of the bionic the McOnes even and you suddenly get to go in there and this track plays and it's just like what have I got into kind of like I find the very beginning of it very haunting so you've got like the I never really know how to describe any of the music in this track because Ace Plus do a really good job of like creating a really kind of mechanical semi semes not steampunk, but kind of just really robotic, like a robot's moving in time with it. But I find it quite haunting. The beginning bit echoes quite a lot, and I really like that. And I think, for me, it kind of represents how McConnus has become quite an empty and lonely place, especially regarding what happened with the Bionis and the McConnus and the characters and the everything that preceded the game. But as you're going up, there's loads of bits of machinery, and there's loads of mech on, not evil mech on, but enemies, um, and I feel like it feels like a shell of what it is, but at the same time, you can feel what was there, so there's a real sense of scale, and like, it's just a huge metallic being, planet area, that's full of things and was full of people and full of life and it's quite it's quite a good track powerful track i would say in like emphasizing that i mean it's definitely you definitely feel like you're scaling something that's huge and metallic and really really just it's also maybe one of the best areas in the game because in a lot of the game you just tend to walk around but in Meconist. Inside the Meconist, you do actually do a little bit of puzzle solving. And so the music kind of goes along with that. So all the clinking of the machines and that, you're pulling, turning on generators and turning off things. I think it really mirrors the area perfectly.
1: Yeah, that, um, everything that she just said is what I wanted to say. So, (laughs) Oops. so no 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 that in a good way like like you, we're on the same exact wavelength because this is also my favorite probably my favorite track on the soundtrack um and i also really like the battle theme in the miconus i like it more than the battle theme on the Bionis, um but this is a really cool little section um You've, you, like you said, you've spent all of your time on the Bionis, you've been looking at the Mechonis, and all of the music on the Bionis side is much more natural-sounding, like natural instruments, strings, drums, that kind of stuff, um, you know. Like, it could be made in real life, but then you get to the Mechonis, and you start scaling the Mechonis, and to fit along with, the, you know, the very mechanical... Uh, Environment. you've got a track that's entirely electronic. It's all synths, there's no natural instruments, and it is a really stark difference, even from the area that you were just in before, which still sort of has that sort of natural kind of sounding instrumentation to it. And I think also the way the, the track starts up, the very... Very beginning, it almost sounds like an engine is revving up, or something, or, or gears are are coming to life, which is a really cool way to start the track and tie it in with what you're seeing visually. Um, and I love it's. I agree. It's it's like I don't know how to describe almost all of the the instruments. They're all different kinds of psychedelic synths that are going off uh, and and. Working in in, uh, in tandem with each other, but there's there are these like these super fast trains that come in at around a minute and fifty or two minutes. It's an, it's a really cool sort of uh, synth that has a bit of an echo built into it, and I love I love the sound of those. I don't know what to call them, but they're really cool sounding. And at the end of the the back end of the track, they come back and they're doing this real cool kind of counterpoint with the rest of the music and there's some neat harmony mixed in which I kind of wish that they had stuck with for the rest of the track but it's all really neat sounding and very different from the rest of the music in the game that you've heard up to that point and it was just it's hard to compare it to almost anything else in the game or in other RPGs. I think the reason why I like it so much is that it just sounded so different than anything I was expecting to hear, especially based on what I'd heard up to that point or seen uh, from the game.
2: Well, I cannot possibly top everything you guys just said, can I? Uh... <laughs> it helps that you know the context I, and I do appreciate you not spoiling anything for someone who might not have finished the game yet um, I, know, Mike,
0: I know Mike! Mike!
2: Oh, I know I'm bad um, anyway you know what I do find interesting about this whole soundtrack like I'm used to it now but uh, when the game was new and I hadn't heard the music yet uh, you know I didn't know Ace Plus at all I just thought it's like, hey, there's a Mitsuda song on here and there's some Shimamura, and that's what I was excited about. But every time I would be listening to this soundtrack, like almost every one of my favorite tracks, I go, oh, wow, who, which one of the composers did this one? It's almost always Ace Plus. Um, I think most of my favorite tracks are an Ace Plus track. Unexpectedly. Ace
0: Plus did a good job. They, yeah. yeah, I think everyone was expecting like Yasunori Mitsuda and Shimamura, but actually Ace Plus like are amazing on it definitely yes, yes.
2: So the way you describe it sounds great. I like the track. Um thank you for the context though. Cuz it is yeah. I I do like the mechanical <laughs> feel was, to it but you know I'm not there yet so I
1: think we were both we were both trying to like situate it without uh delving into story spoilers per se. I mean I maybe it's a bit of a spoiler to say you go to the Mechanist, but you're looking at that thing <laughs> The entire game. <laughs> yeah, yes. so you, you pretty much know you're going there. Yeah, I You want to go like, there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I like the bias. The biases is really cool, but I think the Mechonis actually looks a lot cooler. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, hard, and it's a good thing that that came at the end of a block and at the end of the show, because it would be really hard to top that track, I think think so yeah yeah so it's a good thing then i know normally it's kind of like a sad oh we've come to the end of the show but maybe it's a good thing because it's kind of hard to top that kind of track so as always um please rate and review us on itunes um if you want to get in touch with us you can drop a line on the boards, you can email us at music at rpgfan.com. Uh you can also chat with us on Twitter. Anyway it's fine. We always love to talk with our fans and we love to to hear what you liked about RPG music, uh, what you like about the show, suggestions, comments, ideas. We're totally open for all of that. And we just love to chat with cool people about cool music. So do please get 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 in touch with us. Eh? I didn't warm my mouth up enough there.
2: <laughs> can, can I uh, interrupt? Sure. Uh, I just want to throw in something about the iTunes thing because we don't we don't talk about it a whole lot. Like we, I think we have, but it's been like years now. I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen now who didn't listen, and um, probably a lot of people that don't really know how iTunes works. Although to be fair, it's not really. I don't think it's officially documented anywhere. how like podcast charts work, but I just, just to throw it out there, you know, I'm not gonna, we're not forcing anyone to subscribe or listen, but you know, the podcast charts and iTunes are really interesting. And, um, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding, a lot of people's understanding is that the way they rank podcasts, like how visible you are in the store is based on this weird, like black magic of number of reviews and subscribers and i think specifically new subscribers so if you have a whole bunch of people subscribe to your show but then you never bring on new listeners i don't think you your show like will show up as popular so the idea is and this is why we always tell people like you know if you like the show you know go on there review us subscribe to us if you can because it just helps you know Push the show up more and like search results and list things and lets more people like find the show. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean,
1: (laughs) we don't ask you know to soak our own egos. We ask purely because we really do want to get the show out to as many people as possible because we love love of love RPG music and we want to be able to share that love with other people who love RPG music and maybe you know. Uh, introduce them to new music that they've never heard about and cool games that they may not have seen or thought about playing. And this is one of those ways that we can do that. The, the, more, the more word of mouth the show has on iTunes or anywhere else, the better chance it has of reaching people who might be interested in listening to the music.
2: Right. And then, you know, even for us, for the sake of the show, like, you know, we get, uh, especially on our forums people will post and, like, suggest topic ideas or game ideas. Like, so, you know, we actually do listen to that feedback. So, you know, we like to talk to people about it, and sometimes that helps us, like, decide what to do next with the show, too. So do it.
1: If you can, please. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Tell the world. Yes. (laughs) Well, uh, as always, thank you for joining us again for another awesome episode. Thank you for myself, for Mike, and for Alana. And as is our tradition, we always have uh, our our guest host pick a track to uh, serenade us to as we as we leave the episode. And Alana, what did you pick for us?
0: Yay. I've been excited about this one. So this track is a secret, but it's not a secret anymore, but... It's from a game, Secret of Mana. Ooh.
2: This is okay.
0: an overworld theme, not a map theme. It's my map theme had been stolen already. But <laughs> this is one of the first ga- first tracks you hear in the game. It's when you after you've been banished from the village, and it's probably well, it's one of the nicest, one of the nicest and most memorable tracks from the game. Although Kikuta's soundtrack is amazing. Uh my bonus track is into the thick of it. So enjoy.
1: Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. So taking us out will be into the thick of it from Secret of Mana. Thank you and come again. It was very important, as someone whose name gets mispronounced by everyone, it's important that I check with people because, you know, no one else checks with me. I mean, it's I mean, It's hard. It's not something easy like sabato, which sounds like um, salami or cheese or something.
2: Uh, thank <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> I mean it in the nicest way, Mike, I swear.